Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Goalkeeper Podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, tonight it's really a big, big pleasure because I, I have Nia Tata together with me. Hi, Nia. How are you? I'm good, Greg. How are you? Very well. I am really thrilled to start the discussion, to kick off the discussion, because I know that you are high energy and you have a lot of information to share with us today. And we are going to discuss about employee experience. But before we start discussing and deep diving this important topic, we would like to learn a bit more about you. And therefore, you are today's top player and we would like to learn more about you. Could you please introduce yourself? Sure. Thank you, Greg. Thank you for having me on the CX Goalkeeper. I'm very excited to be on this. Uh, a little bit about myself. I've been uh, in the industry for more than two decades now. I would like to consider myself as a customer value champion. I think that will be my elevator pitch uh, because I've been at various stages, front end, back end, and I've always believed in driving value to the customers through whatever roles I've done through innovation and technology. And uh, I currently work with EXL um, and I'm doing the role of a digital sales engineering. What it means is I take everything that EXL has to offer in our digital offering and take it to our clients and solve their problems and help them in their transformation roadmap. Mother of a 10-year-old and uh, I just heard uh, something on LinkedIn which I just resonated is that Nobody taught us a, a lot of things we learn in our in our roles, but nobody taught us how, you know, as mothers, we go from mommy to mama to bruh, right? So I think I'm in that stage when my daughter refers to me as bruh, and, you know, that's where I am. Oh, that's, that's, that's great. And I think these, these are also why we are... Um, uh, we are working that's for our families to to create something with our families and the best experiences that we can have or at least for me are with my family and therefore super happy that that you share that and i when when you started speaking about your daughter you started smiling <laughs> and therefore it's quite easy to ask the, the next the next question and expecting the answer and uh, perhaps which values drive you in life so that's an interesting one Uh, and uh, honestly, they've not changed much over the last uh, you know decade or so. Uh, but some of the values which have I think rather amplified with me are uh, you know other values of collaboration. So I completely believe in working with others. I think in the power of team, right? Because everybody brings something additional, something unique, and something valuable. And I think we just need to nurture that. We need to nourish that and work as a team. And shine as a team. I think that collaboration is one of the very key values that I believe in. And second is, uh, you know, how to embrace change. I think we are in this time and age where before we can think about it, the way we are consuming knowledge, the way we are doing our, you know, day-to-day -day things, everything is changing around us. And everything is changing in the work environment as well. I think how well can you embrace change? and become a change agent and, and evangelist, I think it, it's really going to take you to places. And the third value, which is very, very, you know, uh, personal to me is uh, passion. Mm -hmm. I believe in driving passion and I believe 
in whatever that I am get to, you know, I am uh, interested to do. Uh, to give you a small story on that, I was once asked to build a team from scratch, uh, which was completely 100% technical. And, you know, I am I consider myself a pseudo-technical person, but I believed in it and I put my heart and soul into it passionately and I was able to, you know, do a decent job at it. So passion, collaboration and embracing change are the three values that come to my mind. Thank you very much, Nia. And I think these are also very important in the, in the employee experience. And now let's really start the game after we, we know a bit more about you. We are, we're, we're discussing about uh, the importance of employee experience in customer experience, or let's say also in businesses. And all, there is always this discussion, employees, customers, shareholders, who is forced? And let's start from there, where we should focus first. I would say there's no, uh, you know, there's no right or no uh, or a wrong answer to it, right? I think it's an analogy, and it's about the 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 pace or the condition of the organization, the structure that you are in, the industry that you are in, and the value that you want to bring in. In my opinion, today, day and age, a customer is in, in is very very enlightened. He's full of choices, right? And everything that we do today is driven by what they need. So I will put the customer in the first category. I will put employees in the second category because a happy employee can deliver to a you know happy customer. And I will put in my shareholder into the last category, not in terms of priority, but if I put my first and second, if they are doing what they are supposed to do 100%, I don't think I need to worry about my shareholder. A happy employee will lead to a happy customer and will lead to happy EPS and my shareholder will be very happy. So that's how I will take it. And this was a really smart question because you skipped them, avoided saying the, the, the priorities, priority customer employees and shareholders, but what you are saying, it's exactly what what uh, makes sense because you need to have happy employees or engaged employees to create happy customer. And if the customer are happy, are coming back, are buying more, they are referring, and therefore then you have also happy shareholders. And therefore it, it totally makes sense. Today, focusing on, on, on the employees, from your point of view, from your experience, and you, you shared already that you uh, created also a team from scratch. What are the key components of employee experience? So I would say that, uh, you know, from my vast experience in uh, employee experience, and I have also handled uh, for a brief stint of time uh, talent as well, where I was hiring people as well. I would think that uh, I would say maybe uh, we used it uh, once is that, you know, they are the three E's of employee experience, right? How can we empower them? And we can empower them through a variety of things, right? We can empower them with tools, aids, processes, but largely technology, right? We believe technology is only to empower customers, right? But that's not really the case. First, first the technology has to empower your employees. He needs to feel the ease to be able to manage all the work that he is doing, right? And then he will be able to transfer the same ease to the customers. So they need to fill up. So I think in uh, CX, when we work with clients, we really put a lot of importance of how are your employees adopting to this technology more than your customers. So I would say empower uh, them through technology. Second, I would say is how are you engaging them? The second E. And I think it's a very, very important nugget. And there are various ways in which you can look at it, right? You can look at engagement uh, in the first six months because it will be very different. 
for employees between six months to two years because they are like almost settled and they are on their you know stream and then completely tenured employees more than three years right so an engaged employee i think is a walking marketing material right if you have an engaged employee you cannot imagine how much he can talk good about you in terms of like you said referrals so you don't need to really spend on marketing if you have an engaged employee right uh, i think uh, looking at a study that i read um before uh, you know an employee decides to attract and leave the company i think 45 days before that he begins to disengage so i think they give clear signals and this can help us in a lot of way even if you want to move towards ex or we want to you know really spend time on attrition on both ends i think employee engagement is very important third is how are we enabling them have we given them an environment in which they can nourish in which they can be transparent about how they feel in which they can talk about in which they know that oh, how is my company doing do i know the stocks do i know the where's my company you know going in ai where's my company investing so i think they need to be enabled they need to be engaged and they need to be empowered and i think if you do all of these three even if 50% i think you will be in a good trust with uh, most of your employees and i would say an employee for life even if there is a lot of change what what you are saying uh, or there are really important key comp- components and um, um, you said empowering engaging and enabling uh, employees Let, let's start and double click on the first one empowering and you shared this example of of technology and i think that's something that also we discussed in earlier episodes uh, sometimes you offer to the customer the best possible interface one app with all the interfaces and then you think about your contact center agents that they have seven different systems that they need to run through them and try to find out mm-hmm. the solution and i think or what i would like also to learn from is sometimes perhaps we could test some technology also first with employees and then going out to the customer what what's your view on that so i think that's terrific and that's a very important part of change management so we are seeing when we are employing or when you know when we are deploying technology to a lot of our uh, clients and typically also we see that change management is very very important you need to first a simplify the life or the ease of your employees right uh, you have to keep that as uh, you know as a very important metric right not only able to think that okay my uh, my customer should be able to you know reach um, you know us in seven different channels right through the app and everything you can absolutely give them an omni channel experience but what about the calls which hit the agent like you said if they have to navigate through seven screens right the quality is telling him the quality department is telling him think about the script the churn department is telling him absolutely make sure that you know the customers don't leave us right so i think we have to we have to think internally like i said we like i said customer employees and stakeholders so you have to first think about how is this ecosystem going to be and i think we should definitely take this time to simplify the user experience from the lens of an employee i think a voice of the customer if we take from an employee i think they'll be able to give us valuable information of what do the customers want why do they struggle why don't they have the means to give them the right information and i think we should definitely look at this even if we are deploying some technology for the customer we should understand from the employee that does he have the ease to you know adapt it does he have the buy in to use it or not 
Yes, I, I think that's that's extremely important. And also um, covering the second point that you shared uh, about engagement, you spoke about in the first six months and after three years, a lot of um, experts are doing also examples with um, honeymoons, <laughs> with, with the employees in the first six months, everything is going well, but afterwards it comes some uh, difficulties and, and so on. Perhaps do you have some examples, some best practices that you, that you are sharing or as a leader that you are leveraging in order to keep, uh, to, to keep the customer and engaged during this, uh, this, uh, this timeframes? So I would say uh, for the sake of simplicity, we can divide it, you know, uh, the honeymooners or the early buds can be, you know, less than six months. I think in less than six months, it's very, very important to maintain a bond of trust right, with the direct line of people that they work with, right? And especially right now, it has become important because we are in a remote scenario, right? Maybe the person is sitting in Czechoslovakia working for somebody in Germany, right? He would not even go to office and meet his peers. I think it's very important that we use technology and we develop a bond of trust. We develop some kind of synergy where employees feel that, you know, they have an avenue to talk to people, right? I think it's very important. I think second, uh, the clarity of role is very important because again, we are in a remote working scenario. We expect that people are available and they can do an A and they can do a B and they can do a C as well, depending on their bandwidth. So I think clarity of role is very, very important. Uh, third, I think that as a team, whoever is in a team scenario, uh, meeting up as a team, even virtually, right? I've, I've heard of many things, many best practices, virtual vines and, you know, virtual pizza days and, you know, trivia days and all of that. I think people have, you know, really, really explored innovation. And, you know, uh, I don't think we need to, to meet up as a team. You need to, uh, you know, really be in person. I think there are a lot of things that you can do remotely, right? So I think we need to develop that bond of trust and that transparency in the first six months so that the person starts to feel a part of that ecosystem. After the six months to two years, I think they're very, very uh, in this market. I think they're very, very interested to know what will happen to them, right? How does that, how does their roadmap look like? So I think we need to transcend the relationship between the direct line of supervisor and the employees to how does this role shape for them, right? On their performance and on their roadmap as well. I think that's really, really important. And I think more than two years uh, of employees who are absolutely tenured, we've seen when we are deploying technology that they become sometimes the hardest uh, to adopt technology, right? Because they're already set in their ways, right? They know I do this. Even if it will take them five minutes, they will be absolutely comfortable with it. And if you tell them that this can really reduce your time to two minutes, they will figure out 100 ways to not adopt it because they are set in their terms. I would say that we should make them champions and we should make them red hats and we should make them the pioneers of change, right? And say that, you know, you guys have this knowledge and domain and SME and give them that elevated uh, experience role that they should be doing, right? And again, the roadmap uh, with a little bit of, you know, added responsibility and maybe a change depending on how they've done. So I think you need to engage them. And I, I, I don't think having entertainment is the only way that you can engage them. I need to, I think they all need to feel a part of that organization. They all need to feel like a little stakeholder or a, you know, or a stockholder. And they need to feel that I, I directly, you know, um, contribute to the success of my organization. I think that's how they need to feel. 
And what you're saying, it, it totally makes sense because there are a lot of studies uh, sharing that uh, the tenure of employees, how long they stay with the company, is uh, um, directly impacting also the quality of the services that are that they are providing. They are uh, imp directly impacting NPS and therefore acquisition, retention, and uh, and um, share share of wallets. Therefore, it's I think it's 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 key. And uh, the, the the last thing that you uh, shared, it's enablement, enabling uh, employees. Uh, do you have also there some best practices that you would like to share? So I think we can enable uh, them through technology, like we spoke about. We can enable them through the right kind of culture. I think it's a very, very loosely used term, so I will not uh, bring it to death. But what I would like to say is, I think they need to be enabled that, you know, um, depending on what loyalty they have with the organization, six months, two years or whatever, right? They need to be enabled that, you know, you are qualified to become a mentor now, right? You have the right kind of skills and everything. I think they need to be enabled to get upskilled, right? Which is very, very important in this time and age, right? So that people don't become, so that tomorrow your role does not get done by a bot and you don't know what to do. And you don't start uh, hating the bot because it's and it's killing your job and you don't adopt it at all. So I think upskilling is very important. They need to be, you know, uh, they need to be enabled by that. And they need to be enabled by the right kind of culture that we grow around them of transparency, bringing up your voice, and then additional responsibilities or value adds that they can get to a system. A lot of places and a quick idea to that is um, a lot of ideation helps in all of these. So I think all the organizations, even if startup or enterprises have an ideation engine right, where new ideas can keep stemming up and everything. I think enablement will also mean that, you know, you give them this kind of hope that, you know, whatever you are, you know, even if you are in that ideation scheme, if you come up with something, it'll definitely, uh, you know, have an impact. So this, they just need to feel valued, I think. And that's how enabled they need to be. If I know that my organization has a, you know, three-day work policy, three-day coming to office, and I feel that something around it, there should be avenues and forums where people can actually voice their concerns and, you know, work around it and not make every process as an exception. But they need to feel enabled that I can do it, not get bothered by it and start looking for the next role, which allows only two-day work policy. I think what you're saying, it's, it's extremely interesting because what a lot of people are, are facing and we are always um, reading about, it's also this new generation. And I'm not speaking about the, two, the 10 years old as your daughter, but I, I speak also about new generation working in the working environment and they have different needs. And I think you touch one extremely important topic in the employee experience. It's also about culture. And perhaps what's your view how how can we integrate all these different generation in one culture in the company? I don't think we can, uh, but uh, and I I don't think we need to. What we need to do is every organization has some values, right? That they go by, uh, and they are you know they are they come from the top. I think we just need to have enough respect for those values, but give people flexibility. And give people, uh, you know, agility in terms of, you know, if you want anything else or if you're looking for anything else or if you believe in doing something in a different way, we are open to hear it, right? So we work in a, you know, I can talk for myself, we work in a totally diverse environment and with people across the globe, with people across the age, right? I think as long as we believe in the value of respect, 
uh, we and you know respecting people's opinions cultures and celebrating each other's festivals as much as we celebrate uh, eid we celebrate hanukkah i think if we do that then people get the idea that you know i have done this in a different place and it worked can we try it or not right uh, i think and i have seen this work brilliantly uh, with you know people who are you know millennials and gen zs and people who have been working for more than 20 years uh, one comes with experience and one comes with a lot of thought process right one is tried and tested and one is i'm just ready to try right so uh, i think you need to find a right balance but give both of them an equal voice so that you know you don't shut one down and you don't give the newer employees uh, an idea that you know we only want to go with something that's already worked and tested right and see this is what we are trying to do for our clients and for our businesses as well right we are wanting to do newer things with them so i think we need to be open about it and i think if we respect and if we leave the ideation uh, you know bulb on I think we should be good. We don't need to color them same with the same culture uh, flavor. I, I think what, what you're saying it's it's can it can can be also related to customer experience and employee experience. Absolutely. And every customer is different. They want to be treated as human beings, and it's just the same for employees. There are some rules, some boundaries, but everybody is different, is acting differently. And also myself, or I think also you, in the different phases of life, I have different needs. I have for me something different, important, but I still live my value, and that's what you shared also at the beginning. Uh, throughout your career, your values stay this, the same, perhaps change a bit, but they were the same. And therefore, it, it, it totally makes sense. Uh, let's go back to, to the topic tech, technology, because, you know, I really you really like that. And <laughs> also following you on, on LinkedIn, seeing your post about artificial intelligence and technology. Um, you already shared a lot of uh, insights about the importance of technology in in the employee experience but re re really let's speak about artificial intelligence what can how can be used to empower engage and support uh, employees oh uh, i think there are a lot of ways in which we can do that in terms of you know how we hire employees right uh how we train employees right i think gamification is a it's a terrific example uh there are tons of paperwork in terms of trainings which people have to do when they you know become a part of an organization and uh, i think when the customer like and now we are touching the point that you know what are some of the key milestones when the employee is only six months old right in which he is like check 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 on an organization that oh i've made the right call i think we need to make you know, uh, every employee's experience uh, very, very unique and, you know, like a unicorn experience, right? So there is AI plus what you can do from a human touch as well, right? How do we make it special and all of that? But I think in terms of AI, uh, we can use hyper-personalization to know a little bit about the employee, right? And then, you know, do some things on his first day. We can ensure there is enough gamification on his during his onboarding or his training so that, you know, those somewhat boring or mundane tasks do not, you know, uh, are not so much on his head. Uh, second, I think, uh, because efficiency is very, very important in these days, right? And the amount of time we take to uh, right from the time the person gets selected to the time the person comes, there could be a enough gap in that. I think to, in terms of efficiency, we can help, we can help you, we can take the help of technology and AI and ensure that, you know, right alerts are going to the employee. He knows exactly what he needs to do. He knows what who's his mentor or 
there are enough chatbots even if we don't have enough hr people to ensure that you know there is somebody who will be able to you know look at all your needs and everything on your day one day two queries and all of that i think ai can do a lot of stuff and ai does a lot of stuff in that and i think this is by these by these occurrences you can make the you can make the employee also enough adaptable that when he goes to his seat in a contact center and takes the headset and starts taking a call he wishes to give the customer the same kind of experience that he's had right if he's absolutely averse to technology he will only understand that a customer feels the need to call and he calls a call center right he will not understand that a conversational ivr can also deflect calls he will not understand that we should try that you know this call should not come only we should be able to give enough give enough proactive outreach to the customers that you know their queries answered right so i think if we give them enough ease they will start thinking like that and they will also keep the user at the center thank you very much i think that's uh, totally makes sense and now that we discussed about technology and artificial intelligence uh, let's uh, think in the future in 10 years from now we are back you are back on the cx goalkeeper podcast perhaps in a virtual reality or something <laughs> like that and uh, we are discussing about customer experience or employee experience what are we discussing about i think we will be discussing that um, you know how does how does the hybrid of uh, of the tech and the human look like right i think by the time there will be there there will be years when tech will overshadow there will be years when people will talk about the human quotient right i think we will still be in that debate but we would have had far more use cases where we know how does metaverse work how does chat gpt work right but there are there are things that you know a customer will still want to feel you know uh, what you know actually talking to a person so i think we will be talking on uh how technology has you know really taken care of the non value adds but how can we how can we make our uh, in, you know our agent or our people red interactions very very unique i think we would be talking about that because the scales would have completely changed i am looking forward to the discussion with you in 10 years and i'm looking forward to leverage this technology to make every task that is not value added for me so that i free i can free up my time because if you're speaking about experiences it's also about time and how much time we we have or we still have for for something i i'm sorry we are coming to the end of of this game but in the extra time i still have three questions for you the first one is Is there a book that you would like to suggest to the audience that helped you during your career or during your personal life? I would say a, a book that has really helped me shape uh, both my personal and professional life will be The Power of Now. It's by uh it's by uh you know a very spiritual leader called Eckhart Tolle. Uh it's The Power of Now. It uh, it makes you believe in the pres- in the present moment. right and whatever you are doing uh and whatever is happening to you you can take a lot of connotations out of it um i will give maybe two uh, that have struck to me in the personal sense i think we need to value the present not think about past regrets not think about the future so much but think about what does this moment hold for us and um second i think uh, professionally we all believe that you know multitasking helps us and everything but i think there are various theories uh, you know tagged to it that if you i i feel that if you give your energy and if you give all your passion to that one thing that you are doing 
I think you'll do a great job at it. And, you know, the power of now believes you, makes you believe in the, in what you're doing right now, right then. And it's very, very simple. You just need to see and feel what's happening with you right now and believe and be in the moment. And I think you'll, uh, you know, read great results. So that's my book suggestion. Perfect. Thank you very much. And what's the best way to contact you? Uh, so I can be contacted through uh, LinkedIn um, and through Twitter. Uh, I will leave my handles on this and uh, we can DM. Uh, I am forever in search of a mentor or a mentee. So if I can be of any help to people, uh, I'm a big believer of women in technology, women in CX. Uh, so anybody who wants to, you know, get in touch and talk about anything, uh, I'm more than happy to. Thank you very much. and. As you shared the power of now, therefore, please, dear audience, now follow Nea and get in touch with her because it totally makes sense. You see her, you feel and see the passion that she's she's spreading and all the knowledge that she, that she has. But before we leave and we conclude this game, I still have one question: Is Nea's golden nugget? It's something that we discussed, or something new that you would leave to the audience? I would say that um, stay ahead of the game. Right. Always know uh, what is happening right now, but keep your eyes on what's about to follow. I think it will help you embrace change. It will help you upskill. It'll. Uh, I, I know I said believe in now, but I think that's really in the moment. But I think you need to always keep your eyes on what's there to follow. So I think if you're ahead of the game, uh, it'll it'll compel you to try new things and it'll compel you to change yourself. And I think that's really important. And I think that's what I would leave. Nia, thank you very much for your time. Please stay with me and to the audience. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. If you have any question, feel free to contact Nia or to contact me. It was a great, great pleasure. Thank you very much. Bye bye. Thank you. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it. Share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business, we are in a human-to-human -human environment. Thank you!